Please be seated. It's a gorgeous day. I'm pleased that so many of you set that aside for the time we have church. Oh, how we hate to accept this annoying paradox that by subjecting ourselves, we are made free. Who wants to hear that? In the 12-step fellowships, they, they call it surrender to win. Who wants to hear that? Or listen to the rapper Drake sing, I want the money, I want the cars, I want the other stuff. I just want to be a success. Or what about, uh, what's his name? I wrote it down here. Travi McCoy, yeah. I want to be a billionaire, so in delicacy bad, right? Their commentary on themselves and by association on ourselves, we can shrug it off as, oh, I'm not like that. But deep down, ask yourself, who here would not take the moral risk of a lottery win? Hands? No, I didn't think so. We have gotten to the point, especially in the Easter season here, where we're a little bit closer to the self-awareness that these artists are singing about. We can acknowledge that thoughts like these are not entirely foreign to us. And the good news, the good news of the incarnate and risen and long-expected Christ is this acknowledgement is all that God demands. This is the secret of heaven that we have heard together, and like an Alka-Seltzer, oh, what a relief it is. As the poet Mary Oliver puts it, you don't have to be good. You don't have to crawl on your knees 500 miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And a life well lived is just that, an ongoing reflection on what it is we love. The whole game is God putting us and our souls into play, at play in the fields of the Lord, as the saying goes, so that we might have the freedom that that play affords. But how seriously we take ourselves. God wants us to play. God's greatest hope for humankind is that our play will result in kindliness and peacemaking. All we have to do is to decide to be that. As the Mandinka say, Kaido Silo Mangjafa, the road to peace is not a long road. Not at all. Now wait, God's greatest hope? God has hope? Maybe it would be better to say God is hope. And if that's the case, it would be pretty self-destructive of God to control us if God is hope. Anyone, anyone who has ever taught a kid how to ride a bike or how to read or how to do any of these things, swim, knows full well that it doesn't mean a thing until you let go. That's when it matters. That's right. Think or swim. Love or lose out on life. This is what God does for us. God entertains us. Entertain is the word to hold between, to hold between. That's what it means, and God is holding us in God's hands so that we may live lives 
of love. The fellow Jean Vanier, who uh, founded the L'Arche communities in uh, Canada, where these severely handicapped folks find care and love and hope for themselves, he put it something like this. Let's see if I got it right here. Suppose I have a wounded bird in my hands. Now, if I put my hands completely closed, I'll crush the bird and the bird will die. Suppose I open my hands completely. Well, the bird will try to fly away, but being wounded, it will fall and die. No, the right place is just like my cupped hands, not totally closed, not totally open. It is a space where growth can take place. And I'm reminded that God does just this, not just for me, not just for Episcopalians, not just for Americans, not even just for Christians. He got the whole world in his hands. And this is the love of God. And whether or not we realize it, whether or not we admit it, whether or not we like it, every single one of our attempts at gratifying and satisfying and magnifying our own lives is an attempt to define and refine and mainline God for ourselves. And she's flattered, not satisfied completely, but she likes the fact that we want to do it. And whatever we do in the direction of greatness is an attempt to portray Godness. And of course we're going to fail. Nobody's ever seen the face of God, at least not for a long, long time. We can't take a photograph. Kodak is not the answer. So all we can do is try to depict by our art and by our actions, our lives. Remember, if you are fortunate enough, the first attempt to your babies to do things, to walk or to talk or to pick up a spoon or, or give somebody a kiss, what you wouldn't give for just one more moment with Winnie the Pooh and your own child. We love their ineptitude and we cherish those attempts. God must feel like that with us. Day by day, we are reassured that whatever we're going through, God is with us and for us and in us, and we need not fear. This is our heart's home, this awareness. And our instructions are painfully clear. Open your heart, open your home, and you will never have cause for regret. And we'll never believe or act perfectly. We'll never respond perfectly to our fellow human beings. We'll never be everything we're meant to be. Sorry. But as long as we hunger for and seek and enact these instructions, these precepts, they call them, we shall be good enough. The cosmos, of which God is the creator and the supervisor, and the entirety, the cosmos will exult in our attempts and fairly rejoice in our longing. So when we pray, lead us not into temptation, are we really asking God not to tempt us? Or are we admitting it is not the goodness of God that propels us down these rabbit holes of vanity. No, it is the goodness of God that delivers us by shooing us back out into the world, into our communities. Oh, how we'd love to have it both ways. When, when bad things happen, well, it's God's plan. When, when good things happen, well, it's God's will. That's a bit of a cop-out. God set the world in motion and will always be with us and in us and for us, whatever occurs. But we got to ride the bike. My kids are fortunate enough to go to a camp every summer for a long while now. 
And one of the things they do there is take long bike rides. And on one of these early long bike rides, my firstborn child, uh, arguably the least competent bike rider, I'm sorry, um, was going down a steep hill and she crashed and she hit the pavement uh, with her face. And it uh, hurts to think about it. Even. <laughs> anyway, she, uh, you can't really see it now, but uh, she was pretty busted up. And the most amazing thing about this occurrence was we brought her back home and stitched her up and bandaged her up, and she looked like heck. But uh, in a few days, she said, I got to go back to camp. Why? Why would you want to go back to camp? You know? She said, well, everybody's going to be so bummed out that I crashed and I disappeared. And she wanted to go back into the community and let them know that she was still going. She was still there, and she did it for herself, and she did it for her community, and unbelievable. Today's paper has got a guy doing triple backflips on his bike. She'll never do that, but she went back out. I don't think she rode the bike anymore that summer, but she can be forgiven for that. This is what the gospel's telling us. This is the good news. Love is not just a feeling. It is a response to our situations. It is to be for another, to do that which brings another benefit. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms just so that we can fly free. Amen.